Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the Friday broadcast of Hope for Your Heart. And as I remind you every Friday, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And I hope that you will worship this weekend. I'd love to see you at Hickory Ridge Community Church. We do a service at 9 a.m. and then 1045 a.m. Uh, they're both identical services, so you kind of choose uh, which service is best for your time schedule. And I'd love to see you this weekend. We are located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard, south in Chesapeake, Virginia. Well, today is part three on Daniel's prayer for his nation. And I've subtitled it, Just Keep On Praying. And when we find Daniel in a very precarious situation, we discover that he has been in a land of captivity for almost 70 years. Daniel is an old man and he has a vision as to why the nation finds themselves in bondage. And you can listen to the last two days of the broadcast if you'd like to get the background information as to why the nation finds themselves in this terrible situation. But we can summarize it in two statements. Number one is that they violated the word of God in regards to the Sabbath rest every seventh year. And they did it for decades, right? Uh, They did it for a total of 490 years and God finally said, okay, enough is enough. Uh, You have violated the Sabbath rest, and now there's going to be consequences. And they find themselves in 70 years of Babylonian captivity. The second reason they find themselves in captivity is not only did they violate the Sabbath, they stopped worshiping God. They no longer showed up to worship Jehovah, but they were worshiping something else. They were worshiping the idols of Babylon, these pagan idols. Uh, So it's almost as if God says, I can't cure you of your addiction to these Babylonian idols, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to let them take you over, and I'm going to let you serve their idols all that you want. And for 70 years, you will experience these idols that you so desperately want to serve. And then we got into the reason as to why God allowed all that, and then we got into how God was going to bring about an end to the captivity. And we discovered that even though the overall nation fell into the captivity, There is a remnant of people that refuse to defile themselves. We know of Daniel. We know of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We know of others in the book of Daniel that refuse to live like the rest of the world. And I'm happy to report that there are many people that I know that refuse to bow a knee to the gods of Babylon. You know, when you think about prayer, nobody is a firmer believer in prayer than the devil. Not that he prays, but he suffers the consequences of God's people praying. So as Daniel is praying, he first of all is is motivated by the word. He says the word of the Lord came to him as he's studying the prophet Jeremiah, and he discovers that we're getting to the end of this captivity. So he prays to remind God that the end is near, and is to remind God, not that God needs to be reminded, but is giving Daniel hope ah, that we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. For 69 years, Daniel was under this oppressive Babylonian captivity, but he knew that God was going to come through. Uh, You see, when you think about the promises of God, John Calvin says, nothing, therefore, can be better for us than ask for what God has promised. You know, help me with this. Oftentimes, I look backward, right? And I look back to all the things that God has forgiven me of. Uh, Sometimes we forget that, right? But Paul reminds us to forgive one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. So look back and remember, and not in a bad way, but remember all the things that God has forgiven you of. I remember one time I was in a situation where I hurt somebody through a car accident, and it was pure negligence on my part. Uh, and I just, I was, I was just guilty 
And I felt the effects of that guilt, and, and I felt like even this lady that I, that I hurt, I didn't deserve her forgiveness. But you know what? She forgave me, and so did God. We have a God that will forgive us. So look back and forgive others as you have been forgiven, and then be motivated by looking forward. In Matthew 5, 12, we're told to rejoice and be glad because your reward is great in heaven. Look forward to the wonderful things that we will experience up in heaven. We are told in, in Hebrews chapter 13, this is one of my favorite passages when it comes to missions, right? Uh, Hebrews 13 says, let us go outside the camp and bear the reproach that he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is yet to come. Uh, and oftentimes missionaries will use this to, to go outside the camp or, or to leave the established camp to go out. They know that as they go out, they're going to be reproached and they're going to be uh, sometimes given a hard time, but they got to go out there uh, to share the gospel because they're not looking at safety within the camp here on this earth. They're looking for that lasting city. They're looking for that future city, looking to the future, and then be motivated by looking at the near future, not just the long-term future, but the near future. Paul said this, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That is for the present and the near future. Listen, I don't know what's going to happen to you tomorrow. Every day is a new day. You might face something tomorrow that you never dreamed possible. I want you to know God's with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. You may have a financial setback tomorrow. I want you to know that don't have that love for money. Be content with what you have. God's going to be with you even during that time of a setback. Well, Daniel was motivated by the word. Uh, we see secondly in his prayer that Daniel was seeking God with humility. He sets his face unto the Lord and, and he seeks by prayer and supplication. Uh, these bad times drove Daniel right to his knees and he humbly sought the face of God. I, I want you to know that prayer should be done in a bold but yet humble way. We're told to boldly come into the, in the presence of the Lord. But we also have to humble ourselves as we come into his presence. We are entering into the, the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And sometimes I think uh, just because we're in a, a humbling situation, we, we think we've learned humility. No, I think that we're humble when we bow our face unto the Lord. Humility will help you to have a relationship with the Lord. So Daniel was motivated by the word of God. He reminded God of his word. He actually prayed back the word of God to God, and then he would seek God with humility. And then number three, he was filled with intensity. I mean, Daniel was so intense about having his prayers answered. He didn't just pray. He fasted. He put on sackcloth and ashes these are outward manifestations of a man who is grieving something. He is grieving over the sins of his people. And as he's crying out to the Lord, he's filled with intensity. I want you to know something else that Daniel did. Uh, number four, we discovered that Daniel also spent some time as he's praying, and he's motivated by the word. He's seeking God with humility. He's filled with intensity, but, but he's also convicted of personal sins. And he realizes that he must confess the sins of his people, and he must personally take part of that responsibility. And he doesn't say confess their sins. He says, we have sinned. And then number five, we see that Daniel is undeterred 
and asking for mercy. Daniel 9.16 says, O Lord, according to all of your righteousness, I beseech you, or I literally, I beg you, let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city of Jerusalem. Now, as we look at this, we see Daniel crying out for mercy. I want to read part of this prayer that precedes verse number 16. Beginning at verse 9 of Daniel 9, uh, verse 3 of Daniel 9, it says, Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love to those who love him and keep his commandments. David begins by, in verse number 3, he says, God, your character, your commandments, your covenant, your compassion, I, I prayed to the Lord, my God, and confessed, and confessed how awesome he is. He says, we have sinned, we have done wrong. We have been wicked. We have rebelled. We have turned away from your commandments and your laws. And he continues on. He says, we haven't listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and to our princesses and to our ancestors and to all the people of Israel. He says, man, they they spoke to us and we didn't listen. In verse 7 of Daniel 9, he says, Lord, you're righteous, but this day we are covered with shame. The people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all of Israel, both near and far and in all the countries where we have scattered us because of our unfaithfulness to you, we and our kings and our princesses and our ancestors are covered with shame, Lord, because we have sinned against you. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. You know, there's a story told about a mother who came to Napoleon on behalf of her son. And Napoleon at first didn't want to listen to her, but because he had ordered him to be executed, he thought he should at least hear out this mother. The mother asked the ruler to issue a pardon, but Napoleon pointed out that it was this man's second offense and justice demanded death. I don't ask you for justice, the woman replied. I plead for mercy. The emperor objected, but your son doesn't deserve mercy. Sir, the mother replied, I would not be asking for mercy if he deserved it. I'm asking for mercy because he doesn't deserve it, and mercy is all I ask. Her son was granted a pardon. You know, when I think about mercy and I think about broken relationships, how many broken relationships could be healed Almost instantaneously, if one person would take the high road and said, listen, I was wrong. Would you forgive me? I'm not going to excuse myself and excuse my behavior. I was wrong. Would you be merciful and bring about forgiveness? I tell inmates often, I says, when you go before a judge, don't demand justice. Justice will get you an extended time in prison. Ask for mercy. Throw yourself at the mercy of the court. Daniel, as he was praying on behalf of his people, he prayed that God would be merciful to them, to all of the kings and the princes and and the ancestors who are covering uh, over their sins. and, And Lord, be merciful, he says to them. Daniel was not afraid to ask for mercy. There's something else that I see about Daniel in his prayer. It's kind of the sixth part of his prayer, that Daniel was driven by God's glory. 
Daniel 9.18 says, Give ear, God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We don't make request of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Oh, Lord, listen. Oh, Lord, forgive. Oh, Lord, hear and act for your sake. Oh, my God, do not delay because your city and your people bear your name. You know, I want to ask you a question. Is God glorified by the way you're driving right now? If you're listening to me and you're driving down I-64 or going up 664, uh, maybe you're stuck in the Monitor Merrimack Tunnel or, or maybe you're stuck on the high rise or, or maybe you're stuck on 460. Is God glorified by the way you drive? Is, is God glorified by the way I talk? Is God glorified by the way I treat my wife and my kids and my relationships? Daniel cries out to the Lord and he says, Lord, now look how bad things have become to your beloved city, the city that bears your name. Lord, you are great. And in your glory, would you restore the glory of your name by restoring your people? Bring back the glory of this city so that you can be glorified. It is for your honor and for your praise because we represent your name. Lord, bring back your glory. God, listen to my prayer. Open your eyes and and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. Oh, yes, it is a punishment upon your people. But Lord, for your sake, would you give us your mercy so that your glory can be revealed in this city? Daniel was driven by the glory of God, never for his own glory. Oh, there's too many of us that are driven by self-glory. We're worried about what our sin does to us. Have you ever thought about what your sin does to other people? What it does to the name of Christ? What it does to your church? What it does to your family? Oh, let us be driven by the glory of God. God is so good, and he's so good to me. I want his glory to be revealed in me. There's a seventh part to Daniel's prayer. Daniel was unashamed in asking God to bless his people. Verse 19, Daniel 9. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for your own sake. O my God, for thy city and for thy people. They are called by thy name. You know, in the book of Daniel, there are 19 different times that Daniel refers to God as blessing. God, we bless you. Daniel also refers to blessings of man 11 times. Sometimes we may feel it's inappropriate to ask God to bless us, to bless our family, to bless our church. But one of the ways that God blesses us and we bless him is as we receive the blessings he has for us and we reflect them back to him. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I can sing that prayer of blessing because God has blessed me and I give that blessing back to him. And that blessing echoes out to those who are around me. And they hear that praise being given unto God. Daniel was unashamed in asking God to bless his people. 
I think what Daniel is saying is we're coming to the end of this Babylonian captivity. We have made recompense for those 490 years of living for ourselves and and not worshiping you and, and not honoring the Sabbath. Lord, now would you bless your people? You know, I think about my children, and I think about when they were younger, how sometimes I would have to apply the Board of Education to the seat of learning. And after we have that time, and I felt like they were truly repentant, and they truly wanted to do something, we had a time of thanksgiving, a time of blessing. And I remind them, I said, now listen, I hated to have to give you this spanking. And you know that old saying that, that your mom might have said to you after she gave you that, that chastening, she says, well, this is going to hurt you more than it hurts me. I never believed that when I was a kid. And now that I'm a parent and almost a grandparent, I completely understand that statement. I hated to have to chastise my children. I, I would have rather have taken the beating uh, than have to give it to them. I hated to do that, but I knew for their betterment, I had to. When we finally got past that point, I would say, now, I want you to know that I love you. And I, and I love you in spite of what you have done. And there's nothing that you could do to ever get me to the point where I stop loving you. I'm never going to give up on you. I'm always going to love you. And then we'd have a, 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 an embrace. And then we'd go out and celebrate. And I said, let's go get some ice cream. Uh, let's go out and celebrate. You know, those were times of blessing, blessing my children because the punishment was over and now it was time to celebrate. Well, there's something else that we see in the prayer of Daniel. It's the last point that we're going to cover is that Daniel was convicted that God would answer his prayer. And Daniel 9 to 4, it says, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant of mercy to them that love him. And to them that keep his commandments, Daniel, as he's praying, says, Lord, I know that you're a dreadful God and you're a great God at the same time, but I know that you keep your covenant. And that is a covenant of mercy to those that love you. In Daniel chapter 9, verses 20 and 21, and it says, Daniel, while he was speaking and praying and confessing the sin and the sin of the people of Israel and and making his request to the Lord, uh, he's up there on this holy hill. He says, well, I was still in prayer. Now, I love this. This is good stuff, right? Well, he's still praying. Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, that's in chapter number eight, came to me in a swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. And Gabriel shows up and shares with Daniel that God is going to bring about mercy. Oh, here's some good news. God is not slow to answer. Often we are slow to hear. In Isaiah 65, 24, it says, Before they call, I will answer. While they're still speaking, I will hear. And we see this happening in the prayer of Daniel. Well, you might be saying, well, how can I know God's wisdom for our day? In Daniel chapter number 10, there's an angel that told the prophet Daniel, said, Daniel, fear not. For from this first day, that you set your heart to understand and you humbled yourself before the Lord, your words have been heard and they have been because of your words. Set your heart. That is an interesting phrase. The angel in chapter number 10 of Daniel is saying, now listen, Daniel, as soon as you set your heart on this prayer, that's when the prayer came. That's when the answer came. So set your heart, translate, surrender your will. 
As soon as you surrendered your will to do what was right, God came through. You see, God cannot reveal his wisdom if we're not willing to follow it. Oh, don't you love how God came through? You know, as our services were being concluded on Sunday, Easter Sunday, a young man came and shared his profession of faith, and now he's going to be baptized real soon. You see, as soon as he surrendered his will to the will of the Father, he was born again. You know, the same thing happens to every single one of us. Uh, So here it is on Friday afternoon, maybe you're driving home from work, and you're feeling like you need to get things right with the Lord. Uh, The Bible is very clear. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, God can set you free from that guilt. You don't need to be walking around in shame. You don't need to be walking around in remorse. When you confess that sin, when your will is surrendered to his will, when that happens, God forgives. Sometimes we worry about having the right words. Don't worry about the right words. Say, Lord, be merciful to me. I messed up. I'm a goofball. I mess up once again. You know, sometimes I lose my cool driving. Up and down these highways that are constantly under construction and, and constantly stopping and going. And, and sometimes it gets so bad, you just turn the engine off and you just got to sit there in traffic and wait. And it can be very frustrating. And, and then you get going again and somebody cuts you off. And, and, and it can be very discouraging. It can be very frustrating. And so I do my best praying when I'm driving, right? And I said, Lord, help me to be patient. And the guy that is trying to get in front of me is just doing the same thing I'm trying. I'm just trying to get home, right? Uh, the guy that's in front of me, uh, is, is struggling the same way that I'm struggling. And we got to share the same road. It's not my road. Uh, it doesn't belong to me. We got to share it and we got to get along the best we can. And so Lord, be with my, my heart. Allow me to be patient. Uh, allow me to be courteous. Listen, as you cry out to the Lord, he will hear your cry. Cry out to the Lord. In those times of frustration, he will hear you. You know, as I look at the story of Daniel, I'm just fascinating, at his willingness to surrender himself. I mean, after all, Daniel was the guy that had it all together. Daniel spent his entire life serving the Lord. He didn't just become a prayer warrior when it was in vogue. It was his custom. He prayed during good times, and he didn't stop praying during bad times. He served the Lord when it was acceptable, and he served the Lord when it wasn't acceptable. I want you to know, serving the Lord is worth it. So many times we go through life and we wonder, is it worth it? Is all this going to church? Is all this praying? Is all this giving? Is all this service? Is it worth it? I want you to know it is worth it. You are being a blessing wherever you go. Serve the Lord with fullness and serve the Lord with vigor. Uh, Don't be ashamed to serve him. Give of your best to Christ. You'll discover that he will always, always, always take care of you. He will never abandon you. He will never forsake you. He will be with you every step of the way. You know, as I look at my life, uh, I I am now 57 years old. I can't believe I got here so fast. Uh, But I look back and I see the many, many blessings. And I'm anticipating many more blessings because I think if if my life were like a, a football game, I would consider myself in the third quarter. And, uh, you know, the football game's not won in the third quarter. And maybe you're listening to me and you're in the first quarter. You're just getting started and you got a lot of life ahead about you. And you're not even thinking about the fourth quarter because you're just trying to survive the first quarter. Listen, during these times that you're young, 
Let nobody despise your youth. And then they get into that second quarter. And in the second quarter, that's when you kind of get in a feel for your opponent. And you kind of get a feel for the game. And you're kind of thinking, well, you know, I, I think we're behind, but I think there's still hope for us. And, and so you work hard during that second quarter. And, and that's the time when you're, when you're doing it by the playbook and, and, uh, and you're working the plays and you're working them diligently. And then you have the halftime break, right? And the coach brings you back into the locker room and, and he rallies you up and he, and he reviews a few things with you. And you get out in that third quarter. And, and that's when you want to be strong in that third quarter. And you don't want to mess up in the third quarter because if you lose too many points in the third quarter, you can't make it up in the fourth quarter. So you want to hold uh, a strong defense, but you also want to uh, score a few points. And, and, and then you find yourself all of a sudden in the fourth quarter. And this is where the game is going to be lost or won. And you want to go out strong. And you want to be determined to finish well. You know, I think about the Apostle Paul. He's at the fourth quarter of his life. And he wants the Lord to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. He says, I finished the race. I finished the course. And at that fourth quarter in his life, he wants the parchments. He wants the cloak. I want Timothy to come. And he sends for John Mark. You ever wonder why he did that? At the end of his life, he says, John Mark is profitable. Send him to me. I want to, I want to talk to him. What was Paul doing at the end of his life? He's pouring into the life of somebody else. He knows his days are almost over, and so he wants to bless somebody before the Lord takes him home. Oh, will you finish strong? Don't quit. Hang in there. God has got a great plan for you. Thank you so much for listening today. Have a great weekend. God bless you. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.